Hey, this is Richie, and welcome to another weekend edition of Augusta Ali Podcast. Uh, on today's podcast, we got Manny Rose, Angel revealing she'll be making half a million dollars in Christmas Day in the, in the year. Maki Ito, we're not, not going to accept the WWE offer. WWE, we're reportedly un, unable to reach a financial agreement with Chasha Banks, now Mercedes Bernardo, and much more. Let's start with the recaps. Starting with the Raw recap, with the first Raw, the Street Profits versus Judgment Day and Akira Tozawa. Oh, and Akira Tozawa versus Rhea Ripley. Well, Akira Tozawa accompanied Monster 4 and Joe Dawkins to the ring for the Magic and Priest, Balor. As usual, Rhea Ripley dominating Stewart were there to support their Judgment Day cohorts. Ford and Priest started the match with physical exchange that put the Archer of Infamy in control. The match was irrelevantly even, but the judgment, judgment Day definitely had control a little more than the Prophets. Both teams put a great fourth effort to deliver fun and exciting match. Even though they were big guys in the match, Priest, Dawkins had some of the best, best slots. Ford ended up getting the win for his team with a roll-up after Tazawa drafted Balor by throwing his drink in Dom's eyes. Ripley got in Tazawa's face, challenging him to a match right there. Then they returned to a break to see the Prophets try to give Tazawa a pep talk. He ran to the ring and was immediately kicked by Rip- Ripley. Ripley dared him to punch her in the face, but unfortunately he hesitated. The Nightmare destroyed him with a boot to the face. He kicked him out a few pins, only a matter of time for Ripley to defeat him with a rip tie. This is the first time a true intergender match to take place on WWE TV in many years, but we probably shouldn't have gotten used to it. This felt like a one-off. It was a long match, but it's fun to watch Ripley beat up dudes. So yeah, that was their WWE's first intergender match. So yeah, that was this is something new with Triple H. So that's good. At one point, okay then. But wait, the Triple H does. I thought Triple H hate intergender matches. Are there? Or this is a Bruce Pritchard, or is or Bruce Pritchard want to do intergender matches? So pick which one, Triple H, something. Okay, the OC versus the Alpha Academy. Carl Anderson, Gallows took on Chad Gable, Otis in a tag team match with Jason Styles and Yeah Min were never too far off an ally. The sole members of each team start the match with kick exchange of holes and counters. Gable establishes prowess on the mat quickly, but Anderson to him slash and managed to take control for attacking Gals. The good brothers maintained the upper hand until the show went to a break. We returned to see the tires shift a bit. Since it made the hot tag that Gals could run a while. Yossi was able to score the win with the Magic Killer, relatively unfaithful tag match. This was fine, but not good. Some of the other counters we have seen for those groups. The Miz now versus Dexter Loomis. The big bag of cash that Loomis won for the Miz was hovering, hung above for a ladder match between them, but Gar- Gar- Johnny Gargano was there to support his son. The A-lister rolled out of the ringway, so Loomis crawled out behind him and started hitting him with the ladder. While this has some of the usual ladder spots, none of them were particularly dangerous when compared to previous belts for the stipulation. This was a slow-paced match. It had a good most to a lot of filler. The match picked up a bit after the break, but it still never reached the level of violence one expects from this kind of fight. Although we see Loomis jumped off with the ladder to put himself through a table after Miz moved to lose with fun. Looks like, like Loomis won one, but Bronson and Reed came pay out of nowhere and yanked him off the ladder and beat him down. He was clear on Miz's payroll that he took out Loomis. Miz was able to claim the money and win the match. So yeah, the Miz won. Bronson Reed made his return to WWE. 
He should have stayed in New Japan. He was great in New Japan. I don't know why, but money talks. So, now AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. After Judgment Day, attacked by Bloodline, match was booked between Sami Zayn and AJ Styles. As Spectre, the final one was pissed. Let me give some revenge. So, yeah, I wrestled it right out of the gate. No, I'm talking about the OC. That was a mistake on my head. It was the OC was attacked by the Bloodline. These guys were both pros of track record, being able to work with about anybody. So honestly, they were going to work well together too. After a fun back and forth battle, saw both men hitting several big moves. Zane will pick up the win, danger distraction for Sokoa. Yeah, so Zane won. The storyline, the Bloodline, time is Zane continues. So I don't know what's going to hit going on. So you know, The Rock is not going to be here at WrestleMania 39. So or 40. I don't know what's going to happen. So who's going to be Roman's opponent at WrestleMania? Like, he can't have both belts for for a long time. He had to drop one belt or or other. He's going to have to drop one belt or the other. Alright, Becky Lynch versus Bailey. Seth Rollins lost in theory in a confrontation, but it was interrupted by the Usos. Theory Bale left Rollins defending for himself. Kevin Owens came out to make the save. They were booked for a tag match to take place in the main event. Lynch delivered a promo from backstage where she and Bailey competed in their next match. The man wanted the leader Dan's control to show up alone. Yosuka and Dakota Kai arrived by her side. These two have been working together since their days at NXT. They've been partners, opposed many times, so they have a wealth of chemistry between them. And they had an extra layer of polish to it. They have packaged a lot in this match. Anyone who likes wrestling should take time to see if they didn't watch live. Kai Scott were booted from the ring, so Lynch ended up getting her wish. However, the ref was too strapped to see Bailey use the monitor as a weapon. She turned around, she hit the whole rose plant for the win. The end was ide- wasn't ideal, but everything leading up to it was fantastic. So, yeah. Pretty much, it was fantastic. The ending was okay. It wasn't ideal, but it was okay. Good. It was a good match. I watched it highlighting you too. The main event, the, the Usos versus Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. The main event, Evie saw Rollins and KO reunited to take on Jimmy and Jay Uso in a tag team match. While KO Rollins had some luck early on, the Usos were firmly trolled by the time commercial break rolled around. When we turned a visionary, where he got the hot tap, he then take on both Usos and Pride Fighter recovered on the apron. Only did Sokoa and the Good Brothers show up, but there we hit Rollins with the U.S. time buffer with Strathton. Owens with the fight by himself, he managed to hit the power, pop up power bounce, score the pin, despite being disadvantaged. This was a lot of main event before WWE's most reliable partner performers and too much and rare friends in the end, but chaos can be fun sometimes. So that was a great main event. WWE Raw was a bit meh regardless. It was still a good funny main event to have fun with, so yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Alright, hey. Alright, um, let's get to AEW Diary recap right about now. Alright, anyway. Alright, Ricky Starks promo, a week after those the AEW World Champion NJF in heartbreaking fashion. Ricky Starks kicked out Wednesday's show with a ring ring promo. Before he can say a nudge, no outside that bound to come back for another title opportunity. Old Maxwell Jacob Freeman, Jericho erupted, flanked by Sandy Guevara and Garcia. Hall of Famer proceeded to get burned by Starks, who relates the physique of the air fryer and his current look of a divorced dad. Then, after taking shots at his cores, Starks finds himself attacked by Hayo when he looks like Jericho's Priest Society might subject him to a brutal beatdown. Action and Andrea made the save. Hope cleared the ring, then stood tall with Starks. 
This was a great start to the show with some absolute fire. Mike with, Mike with stars. He was fantastic here. He embraced the role of a star and has suddenly been thrust into. He looks at the part, carries himself accordingly, and leaps off off the screen here. Considering who he was sharing the screen with, that's saying something. He is challenged for the match on January 4, episode Dynamite, with the New City AEW president. Bit at a visual makeover for the show. As a, as a much see match, the telecast give a company a legitimate main event to kick off 23. Yeah, pretty much. It's going to be Ricky Stars versus Chris Jericho, January 4th. The best of seven, the Elite versus Death Triangle, no DQ, match number five. Just in case you were not exhausted, in case in showdown between the Elite and Death Triangle, teams ran it back for a fifth time since full gear. It was called for the Gation match in the best of seven series. Up, up intensity and violence. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks weathered the storm. Pac, Penta, Zero, Mado, and B-Face particularly late. Omega survived the shot to the face with the same timekeeper's hammer that felled him and teammates. When watch the Bucks delivered the Meltzer driver to Phoenix for the win. The heels built heat for themselves with a bloody beatdown after the match. Happy Young God in sixth match at False Count Anywhere Affair. The matches are good, the talent involved, and Diana the matches had a definite style. No matter how much toys little things, so very much this the same tips when it comes to party style tag matches on frankly in AEW. Honestly, everyone involved needs to move on from this. Hopefully the elite gets the ego struck winner sooner or later than later. Things can progress in a different direction. The, now we go to the Dan Brian Danson promo. Ray Paquette started in ring promo with Brian Danson, asking him how about William Regal and what's the future holds for him back Black Pull Up Combat Club. After an emotional discussion, detail his relationship with Regal. He already ate your world champion and jumped to the ring and said the firm all eagle Ethan Page erupted. The two went back and forth for insults involving vegetables, hurling at heels. Danson laid out a challenge for him match. Page put it off till next week, but accepted all while MJ watched them backstage. This is fine for what it may be. Continue to focus the story on Regal, who is already known to be heading back to the competition. So the best creative decision with that said, Danson and James is going to be a story match. Match when the time comes and the American Dragon showdown, Page should be a lot of fun too. The more dance on the show, the better. So we got, now we go to Hook in action, then Moxley versus Darius Martin. So the FW Champion Hook battle exists prior to night's next match. Prior at least affected Transformers come to her drum, Red Rum, that Hook unbeaten after the match. Hotway appeared for the second second, five minutes on Victor, while he Moriarty built Bell beat down Jungle Boy backstage. The match was unnecessary, contributing nothing to show. The back angle backstage was fine, continuing the storyline, but it really feels like a step down for Jack who had defined night and win at full gear. Honestly, yeah. And back in the arena, the former AW World Champ, John Moxley, battled Ties Martin Top Flight in the Freedom Fr- Fridays, Thousand Kings, Christmas Casino Trans Royal, which sounds like the worst generated experiment of all time. Martin looks competitive, held his own in the franchise star in AEW in 2022, and Moxley counters with a cross body, stepped over, unloaded boots to the face, the bulldog choke, that flyer right later. He put it into any upset attempts by an attacking specialist. This was fine, but probably on the end of Moxley's best match the last few months, Martin really worked hard, but his style was not always mesh. Well, what Moxley does, and the result was a good, not great match. But hey, at least there's a mass mix of trios in one ring on Christmas Eve. Eve for wrestling fans, we indulge in. Yeah. Uh huh. 
Um, FTR was the guns and Swerve Strickland keeps face to face. The booking of FTR continues to invite in criticism and conspiracies and eventually it becomes evident that Max Horror Crash Wheel is among the most unrest professional wrestling. Despite the immense popularity of AAA and WIWGP Tag Team Champions, FTR fell in a non-title to Austin Gunn and Austin Colonga when the former rolled up Harlem Wood and grabbed for added leverage and one thing to build up the guns but another time to do the expenses of a tag team established as unquestioned best in the business in 2022. One of the most consistently excellent in ring acts in the entire industry. FTS earned better regardless of their opinion why they're seeing their role diminish. Waste money in, in, in undercurrent programs is exactly the third thing drives up the company. Man, the reason there's no excuse in this feud. Explains this connect the audience's desire for my TR and how they're being handled creatively. Back in the rain, Tosha Bot introduces rapper Rick Ross with his little time drum bomb taking over a segment of clean design just Strickland new faction. Chin known as Mogul Mogul something like it was like Moguls Okay, it's actually Mogul affiliates. Rather than Poker Bordex and the unnamed son standing tall with Trick Lynn, Glenn understood New Era for heel. Though the beatdown, Keatley took a backseat to Ross, who took over, talked over everything, did nothing but shine on Strickland and Co. This was no good, very bad. Honestly, that would have been a benefit better about the celebrating involvement. But that's AEW for you, so, yeah. Alright, we got the women, the main event, AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida vs. Jamie Hayter. Hikaru Shida sought the second AEW Women's World Championship reign of a career. She challenged Jamie Hayter, a rare main event for a company's women's division. After Hayter controlled during the commercial break, Shida mounted a comeback stretch unload on the champion in the corner. Down here, just a drop camp. Following Bristol's brain bust to the floor, Hayter recovered during the break. He's trolled nearly defeating Shida with a slight lariat. She had fought through, rightbound and fearing. Fearing but Baker with a springboard kick. Hater took advantage of the problem. The two cows, the crowd came alive, appreciating the fantastic main event. Played up before them, the Hater Ray Lariat followed another close line of Brit Gordon's successful tile defense. This was a great match, highlighting the new champ, reminding the audience of the Sheena's greatness. Chairman Chasher beat the hell out of each other, bringing the skeleton to the match in the women's division because he's more of the crowd brought to action because they believe in Hayden. No, she has a credible threat. As well with a great dramatic match. It could not have gone better for the champions. So her first real title defense the goal. Post match segment saw Storm Saria rush to, to fend off Breaker, Rebel, and Hater for signing to She had to close the show. A multi woman tag match problem on the horizon in the talent to hardly a bad thing. Now, yeah, now we're going to do the SmackDown recap. The Bloodline kick off the SmackDown. Bloodline saw Solo Sokola, Uso, Zayn, Roman Reigns kicked off Friday's show with a promo segment containing a story and a storytelling involving the highest fashion of professional wrestling. Reigns vowed to smash John Cena, Kevin Owens next week in Tampa because that is what he does. From there, he turned the microphone to Sami Zayn. The ultimate tears cut up that mess angry tense promo for Chaos, the Dark Cloud, and Hayes. Career and code the tribal chiefs vowed to win the UN tag team main event. This was more superb make work from Reigns and Zayn, whose dynamic and health yield the best story. WWE has produced early since Kevin Owens and Just Jericho Mumps' long story in 2017. The emotion of Zayn as 
helped them connect with the audience while running stunts by watching immediately in the situation conveying matches during his excellent impressions. The moment that divorce between Zayn and the Bloodline occurs, the fans will erupt. And WWE will have its biggest baby face since Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. A baby face popular enough to the company to consider permanent winner. WrestleMania plans that it's place with Zayn challenging ahead of table. It's a good, it's good. The Undisputed Tag Team Championship match will go to Hit Row vs. Usos. This is not predictions of spoiler. Paul Hannon told the fans that Usos were Hit Row to retain the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship project at SmackDown. Jimmy Drake, who right, right overcoming the challenges, game challenges to retain, continue the history making run as champions. Late top dollar power Jimmy and Jay for what appeared to be a double power slam, but by gave out. He has capitalized the little stereo super kicks and a 1D for the pop, but a pinfall victory. This was a big test for Hit Row. Honestly, without Swerve Strickland, there's been rumbling among the fans about Top Dog, Eshin D. Dines, and B-Pass prospects for success. Luckily, the table, the team turned in one of the best performances in their young career since the Division's standard bearers. So, yeah. Yeah, but, no. Hit Row is not doing good. Bye, Hit Row. Go fuck off. Whether the Aaron is smart and the opportunity smart remains to be seen, honestly, but when percent of them are out to sleek or swim, when they ladder the buys well for them, SmackDown Tag Division as a whole has been struggling to create bona fide roster of champions. Contenders type certainly had the depth and quality. Uh, honestly, yes, yeah, true. So that's on WWE. All right, let's go to the Gauntlet match. Determine number contender. The six women battle the Gauntlet match with a right to challenge Ronald Rollins for the sixth set. That one is Chance Emma and Exile Lee kicking things up. None screen action, no lack of effort. Concluded abruptly with Lee scoring pinfall. Aussie Emma eliminated. Tiga not entered the match next, taking the fight to Lee in retaliation for the Chinese born competitor. Costing on the morning of the, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship a week ago. The same fate awaited Nasa and Lee right throughout the kick that back of the head advance fan. Nasa. The still injured Rickwell Rodriguez entered the match next week. Team repeatedly put over elbow injury play for Maxine Women's Champion. Rodriguez overcoming the target offensive front through counter doubt. Now Chega Bomb, the eliminated former champion Lee Morgan, and next back to Rodriguez. The generation, second generation, star power to ring, stars mission to fight for his mind. Title match. Spice selling for Rodriguez elbow, not standing. Two had the best stretch in the match. Her score pin are eliminated. A relentless array of signs of film. Early often tardy elbow. Rodriguez fought, drove the former WWE and punter. Deville eliminated. Riley appeared and revealed that there's one last opponent, Rodriguez Port. Reducing made a basement. The Queen of Spades attacked the elbow, but Rodriguez quickly rolled out to win the match. Baszler eliminated. Stan sounded like a broken record, but this is all would have meant more if the fans had any reason to care about half of the competitors in this one. The talent is there, but underrated characters, lackluster storytelling, hurt the smack down division, and this was the greatest stunt of of it. Knox's turn was beaten. Ditto Emma. Lee had a big moment last week, but despite an impressive early on run, Emma suffered a lot. Rodriguez was pushing the moon, probably made a career new start, but the lack of rap fans was just an air. Not ready to do the support behind her. Maybe that would change by next week. Bray Wyatt dresses LA Knight's Uncle Howdy. One week ago, Uncle Howdy emerged on the backstage of Real R and revealed that Bray Wyatt, not the man behind the mask, Wyatt took the circle of the man apology of LA Knight. A torn, conflicted Wyatt 
Ellsley end the brisk segment with an attack. Pine and Malcolm combine a fiend or stirring this ugly ahead. Some may think this is a step back based on what I saw last week, but really it was a logical progress for Wade Wyatt. This could be more and more turns with his idea that for all attempts to present a new science, so he really is the monster that lies behind the different masks he wore over the years. Look no further than Ode to the Fiend and recent apparent recruiting aggressive bliss. So we got Ray Mysterio versus Theory over Angel. Theory overturned their action Friday, battling Los Theros Angel with Hometa lurking in the corner. Alright. Mysterio found himself in defense, battling no one's opponent, but no one's presence like carrying a cross guard, Washington stands. Came the arsenal of the game. Angel though scoring the win for challenging across the world in the ring. The former XC champ pointed the wrist and soon they tying it up for the legendary star. This was a nice showcase for Sarah against someone the Angel who was Humberto continued to be paralyzed by officials that say the focus was on the focus was on him. Okay, Mysterio and and his buddy wherever were across, which is perfect use of two guys fiercely punged into a main event event scene. Needed is not at this point. Okay, the miracle of the main event on 31st Street, Ricochet, Braun Strowman vs. Imperium. The rivalry between Imperium and Duo Ricochet and Braun Strowman's team Friday night is Giovanni Vince, Lugu Kaiser, Quaroff with only and the Monster Among Men and the Miracle on 34th Street. Fight. The Wild Cry Brown has everything cookies, Christmas Dream ballerinas, New Day has Nutcrackers, and Mistletoe, Samantha Irvin involved, and another signature win for Ricochet who earned the Win with a shooting star press. This was a fun and dream match. It's not going to confuse for the rest of the classic, but gave the audience a light hearted Hollywood offering to cap up the WWE. Most importantly, he continued a career renaissance for Ricochet in 2022, really highlighting him and serving as a statement to the wrestling world that he is the one to keep an eye on in the new year. So, yeah, we got now we're done. Now we go to the AW Rampage recap. Big trios, ready. let's start with the big trios about Royal. Let's start with that. As soon as the bell rang, all hell broke loose. As almost possible, thought everything was going on with so many bodies flying around. At the same time, especially since some people immediately took the fight out of the ring. The elimination came quickly and seemed at random. Apart from coasting about a royal, some fine moments. The mess, the camera did not catch important moments with so many different people doing things at once. Had a late entry into the Suddenly helped AR Fox top flight. They came fresh and ended up winning the whole thing. <laughs> in Damasi, Claudio Castanon. But they had a little help from Bam Page who ambushed Moxley. So, yeah, basically that. Now we got Jay Cargill for, for Vixen and Kingston promo with Hustle Black. We got Ortiz and Kingston a promo was interrupted by the Hustle Black before we got into the next match between Cargill and Vixen. Yeah, this was Vert Vixen's first match on Rampage. She had a dozen over bouncing. Dark and evolution during Strange of the Ring. The leader of the baddies each easily took control as soon as the match started and tainted her dominance throughout the commercial break. This match was given more time than most of Jay's bouts, but it took a lot of plays during that break. Gargo team to show improvements, gain confidence in her abilities, but there are some moves that she is hesitant from time to time. The chance scored the win to extend her victory to 45 and 0. Yeah, that was that was a big matchup for Jade. Good for her. Thank you. <laughs> Rampage's main event, Andy Bowens, Billy Gunn versus Jet Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Mascots are south this week, so Bowens, Gunn, teams up this week to take on the team known as Triple J, which is Lethal, Dome, and Jet Jarrett. 
Gunn and Jared worked together in WWE team and not AEW, so history and Deep decided not having a big feud together. Bowen, Lito, started a few exchange of strife from two, two veterans took their turn in the ring. This was a fun match, and must have carried by Lethal and Bowens. Double J and Daddy Asbo had some good moments, but it was Lethal who won by hitting Gun with his finisher. And that was, yeah, that was pretty much Rampage recap. Rampage was a great show. So SmackDown, both of them were pretty good, but SmackDown was a bit stale. Rampage was a little flavorish, so yeah, so it's Dynamite. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it for the. Recast shows now we go straight to the news. Okay, that was Rampage recaps and all the wrestling recaps. Now let's get to the news stories. Alright, Manny Rose a agent reveals that Rose has made, made half a million dollars on Fantas since WWE released. Well, um alright, Manny Rose agent reveals she made five hundred thousand since her WWE exit last week. Mandy Rose, a former NXT champion, recently released by WWE reporting due to constant posting on her subscription-only fan time page. Rose will drop the NXT championship to person Exam Perez last Tuesday was reportedly released shortly afterwards. After Mandy Rose's WWE release, TMZ spoke with her agent Malik Kawa. Kawa is a high-profile agent who has managed a huge MA stars such as John Johnson and Jorge Masala, to name just a few. When TMZ spoke to Kawa, he revealed them how much Mandy Rose made from Phantom Sister WWE Exit. Or TMZ. Mm -hmm. Her agent Maliki Kawa tells us that 32 year old earned a whopping 500000 for her front time page since she got the axe. In fact, Kawa predicts Rose will be the new self made millionaire by Christmas six days away. After her release, a lot of the fans voiced their displays and how they felt was unfair. Some fans were also thought of firing reserve for stepping outside the parameters of her contract. Regardless of how the fans feel, the situation is closely she was able to financially successful outside of wrestling. Yeah, that's good for Mandy Rose. So, one for her, one for Rose. So, I don't know what will happen next. So, let's get more. Alright, Makido would not set WWE offer, wants to stay loyal to AEW in the US. With numerous appearances and promotions such as Tokyo Judge Pro, GCW, Pro Judges, Wrestling DET, All Elite Wrestling, Say Say 2022, has been a quite an active year for Kyo's pro wrestler in the world. Maka Idu made a splash in AEW, within AEW during an appearance in the Women's World Title Eliminated Tournament in AEW Revelation 2021 in the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Maki Ida was a recent guest of the senior fall of Wrestling News Co., where she questioned what she were dropping off from WWE due to her renounced status as a late. Maka Ida said, No, nothing. The reason she got this popular because thanks to AEW, where it happens, even WWE gets her a cheeky off from nowhere. She would not accept it. She would stay right beside AEW all the way. Later during the conversation, the hard headed Maki was asked about intentions around coming 2020 year. Ida Maki Ito revealed that she still has championship inspirations in Japan, although she's also hoping increasing TV presence in America for the new year. In Japan, she wants to get a title belt off. She, she felt the Italian title belt would be nice about now, where in America, she would go back to being a TV television again. As you know, there's only so much time available on American TV. And you really can't leave me much of an impact due to how much you get on TV. She really definitely wants to be a big enough impact to where everyone will never name a Maki Ito. 
Michael Elias appeared in EW during the November 28th episode of AEW Dark, working alongside Emma Sakura in a tag team match against Nala Rose and Maria Shepherd. Maki attains a big schedule with DJBW and later official GCW to turn in November and then about facing Masha Slamovich. No, basically, Makaidu is still with A. Sorry, with AEW, it's it's something like that. So let's get to the other news. Edhijo the Vigino calls out AEW's Mega, saying anything can happen at Triple A Triple Mania. Regina December of last year, Kenny Mega was sent to defend the Triple A Mega Championship against Edhijo the Vigino. It would have been a incredible match to the world's best. However, Omega ultimately pulled out due to injury, vacating the title. Vigino went on to win the Triple H Mega Champion at night, defeating Bandino by Fitch. They leave the Samurai Desert and five on way for the faked gold. Now that Omega has returned from injury, Vigino has officially received his U.S. visa. The dream match in the world missed out last night is now a possibility once again. Speaking of the death, Denise Sagara of Instant Culture, being a real he's looking forward to making it to happen. What he said was the third time the charm. He talks about the two occasions that Mega and him go to wrestle for that and this, and it wasn't going to happen. Now I have Visa. So they're coming to Mexico. I will go looking for him. Mm -hmm. Expect <sighs> big surprises. Why not have Ed Grand get to go and look for him in his own house? It ain't going to happen. My home Triple is always giving surprises. I may in the future I'll go to his house or in our house somewhere in the middle. And it can happen. Vingo made recently a GCW debut at GCW's <laughs> America's Most Wanted on December 5th, 16th. And also announced their VWGB's upcoming Battle of the Los Angeles Tournament. That's for 2023. Yeah. Omega, meanwhile, is in the midst of a best of seven series between the Elite Giant Triangle. Although he'll make his return to New Japan in January. King at 17, we're going to take an Osprey. As a writing, it's unclear where the Mega when we're going to turn Triple A. However, the vehicle is, yes, match the pair now, more liking it ever. Yeah, it's mostly, yeah, it's most likely going to happen. And we don't know, so that's what it is. So, yeah. All right. WWE, here's WWE, we're probably unable to agree on financial terms with Sasha Bank during discussions over a return. Fox Select reported this week that Rez Fernando negotiated WWE exit months ago following an indefinite suspension of allegedly walking out on May 16th episode of Raw. So I heard former tag team partner Naomi. Since the initial suspension, several conflict reports surfaced indicating that Banks will be heading back to the company. This is longer the case. Peter appeared at the Melt of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter for inside former world team women's world champion with negotiations with a former employer. Now a return discuss regime change, although two sides will believe that part on financial things. Mm -hmm. This is what they must have said. She and WA did not return for a new contract. WA directly didn't. Wednesday, Andy, about her, but the company over three months, months says that since we're not closing that money, she they have a original agreement. Summer, we're in her leaving, and they agreement they will release her to a free agent writer deal. She can do anything and do wrestling until 2023. Okay, 
in the fall of regime change again. She was back in negotiations with turn. It was considered that it was close to done deals and money from the year and two sides that ended up far, far apart. Regarding how much Vernon believed that asked for a make a return WE, Nelson revealed the numbers they are in the same ballpark as Philip Fulham and multi woman champion Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Part of the report, you know, the company ultimately decided they wouldn't gain a big enough return on investment due to the level that currently value banks as a performer. This is what Meltzer was said again. She was said to be seeking number of levels of Lynch and Flair. Those internally said she has the ones that offer numbers close to that. She said they said she is not seen nationally as somebody with you know, time in the next five years, but but someone seen someone who gets a single attack title run, but has peaked as a star aside from reality as a notch that turns should be an unappeared where people go nuts for her. As of the writing, Banana is believed to be scheduled to appear in New Japan's Wrestle King 17 event at Tokyo Dome on January 4th, with five select from PW Inside Initial Report nating late night. And additionally, speculation has been over the past few days regarding respect of Brandano's appearance in AEW, many bands believe Sarah's bachelor partner tag team manager Britt Baker. Hater on general love edition of Dynamite, Howard Esme Smith reports that in this case, Melson did not did notice someone in WWE thinks she'll come back, not sure what because of the money. As always, she'll only prefer her updates and say Fernando's preaching for wrestling so we hear more. Yeah, I don't know if Fernando, that's her choice, so we don't know. Okay. Alright, updating on potential RTV deal. The AEW expected to negotiate with Rudder Brothers Discovery soon. In March of this year, AEW President Tony Khan announced he was officially the new owner of Ring of Honor. Since then, ROH has presented three annual period of events Supercar Honor, Death of Lord Sun, and most recently Final Battle. Although they are yet to start a TV, weekly TV show, Meltzer Represent Wrestling Observer Newsletter provided an update on negotiations regarding possible RH TV, TV, revealing that Cody Khan is currently loyal to WBD, not offering streaming rights to any other third parties, however, required to be case. Additionally, the next round of negotiations is expected to be important and several ideas set and discussed. It should be noted that there are questions about the RH deal that Khan has shopped it outside them. Of, WBD. The strong belief it was not shopped outside WBD. There's no contrary reason. He shouldn't cut out our separate company. Right now, the feelings is well to WBD. is very important round negotiation to take place the year next year. Or a different program. It's like could reality shows probably possibly of all women's show only women as part of the major media, depending on what size count to turn with. Multiple ideas as a proposal regarding the future ROH. One. Option that Brian apparently features on a weekly YouTube show arrives that a right appears unlikely to be desired outcome for Tony Khan. Uh, we are to provide any updates on the future. ROH soon we hear more. So I don't know. So ROH is going to be still there. We just need to give it time and maybe it's Navy. Alright. Uh, John Cena reportedly expected to be at WrestleMania 29. Work on schedule. SmackDown's final episode of 2022 take place on the on this that was this week. I will tell you more about that. Well, that'll be next Friday. All right, it will be featured tag team match against Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, and the Bloodline versus Seven Owens, and a return John Cena. The match is seen the only way we're out in the calendar, maintaining the record, competing in a match every year since his debut in 2022. 
Dave Meltzer, wrestlers of Newsletter, provided industry update on what fans can expect to see the former Motown World Channel in the WWE ring next year. No United is about to be at WrestleMania 39 in Englewood, California. The belief is that John Cena will work WrestleMania, but we were told that he's working on a schedule and making sure it works, but I believe he'll get it done. Where currently I know who's seen we face on WWE's big show of the year, it should be there. Meltzer revealed that his original plans for him to compete against Austin Derry, though those plans dated back to Man, as Liam created us, the plans may his very change. John Cena will be unavailable to WWE during most of February and March due to filming out the movie outside the U.S. At one point, he was talking for a match theory at WrestleMania, but the, but that was with Vince McMahon in charge. With Cena expected to be absent from WWE most of the February and March, Carrasco's upcoming appearance on SmackDown will shed some light on the future holes for the 45 year old. As always, when I made Friday updates on Obviously, the potential involvement of something 39 since so we hear more. Alright, it's a big story. Triple H threat, poorly threatened Tony to fire Devon last week. From this week, okay. Apparently, it was last Saturday's Battle Championship Wrestling held a pay per view called Tribute to Extreme at 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. The, the Hall of Famer Devon was supposed to be a peer at this event, was pulled from the show two days before. PW Inside reported that Devon was advertised to show. Beast for Fire was said to be in Bully Ray's corn during the match against Matt Cardona. Two days before BCW received a legal letter from the World Wrestling Entertainment by using EZW's intellectual property to promote tribute to Extreme pay per view. WWE then removed Devon from the show. W Hall of Fame that attempted to reverse W's decision was successful. The promotions BBC W decided to resent a legal letter from WWE's past Thursday episode about BCW promoted Tribute Extreme at some laying off ECW's intellect property, which is obviously owned by WWE. D1 was then pulled from the show, despite according to personally reaching out to Shirley's chief content officer at Pratsky to get the edict reversed, which was not successful. Then Meltzer of Russell Zerber provided more details about Demon on his situation. He said that Demon thought he could appear on the show because he was an active WWE superstar, but Pritchard decided to remove Demon from the event, and the controversy ended up on the head of career Triple H. Triple H didn't give his approval to Demon to appear on the show. This is what Meltzer said. Yeah, WWE did pull Devon Hughes from the event, both live from the show and the convention. He was scheduled to be in a corner for his magic in Cardone. He went through John Cohn tolerations who probably approved the booking. Believe he based on his contrast, you know, a wrestler, he get able to do things like that. Books Pritchard was Pritchard mixed the booking and ended up on the desk on Paul Vesky. Hughes said he was gonna do it because he gave his word on it. Vesky didn't give approval. He was basically told if he did it, he would be fired, so he didn't do it. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, unfortunately, that really happened. I feel bad. Yeah, uh, this is on Devon. He signed with with WWE, so that was gonna be. Well, this was Russ. This is Agasali Productions. I mean, Agasali Podcast. See y'all next week. Oh, one more ad thing. I just recently got my my account back. My Twitter back is on Agasali Pod now. So. So go follow go follow me on Twitter under Augusto Elite Pod. It's easy to search the name. I told you you'll follow me. All right, see y'all next Saturday. Bye.